So I don't know if you've noticed this pattern at all, but uh, it's one that has probably happened in churches just all over the world uh, yes, last night and today. Um, on Christmas Eve, we read Luke chapter 2, that uh, description of exactly what happened on that first Christmas. But then on Christmas morning, we read John chapter 1. We, we read John's version, really, of the Christmas story. And it's, it's very, very different than Luke's, isn't it? Luke pretty much tells you what happened. John uh, speaks very differently. He speaks very symbolically about what happened on that first Christmas. I want to focus with you on one particular verse from that. Jeff, could you, uh, could you reset this for me so it's working, please? Thanks. Um, uh, I want to focus on one particular verse uh, that we just heard read from John's gospel. And that's this verse. It's John 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, now first of all, just a little more history here. Uh, John's gospel was the last of the gospels written. We believe that John wrote it very late in his life. John is the only one of Jesus' 12 disciples that, that uh, we are told died a natural death. Um, he lived to be very old, actually, over 100, we believe. And it was near the end of his life that he was convinced, again, we believe, by, by church, from church history, uh, to take the time to write down his gospel. So think about that for a minute. When, when John wrote these words... Uh, people had had Luke's gospel uh, for many, many years. They could recite Luke 2 just like you and I probably could. You know, the whole, you know, Caesar Augustus commanded a census, all that stuff. They knew all that. So it, it didn't make any sense for John to just kind of tell that story over again. So instead, John gives us, again, this, this um, very introspective look at what happened on Christmas. But I don't know if you realize it or not, but this verse is actually pretty controversial. I'll tell you why. Some of the translations say things like this, like the ESV that we had read, uh, the darkness has not overcome it. Or the New Living Translation says, the darkness can never extinguish it. Uh, the Phillips Translation says, the darkness has never put it out. So you, you see the very similar kind of translations there. This idea that this light, he's talking about Jesus, of course, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit, but this light was shining in the darkness, and, uh, and the way these translators, at least, are translating from the original language, and the darkness can't overcome this light. It can't extinguish it. It can't put it out. I like the NCV, by the way. The darkness has not overpowered it. That's, that's kind of cool, isn't it? But, but there are other translators that, that really go in a very different direction with this verse. For example, the old King James Version says, and the darkness comprehended it not. Or the newer version of the King James, the darkness did not comprehend it. Another, the Young, uh, Young's literal translation says, the darkness did not perceive it. Um, another says, the darkness did not grasp it. So you see the difference there, right? In, in some of the translations, it talks about the darkness has not overcome this light, and... Uh, And in others, it's that the darkness hasn't understood it. So, so in one translation, the darkness couldn't overcome it. In the other, the darkness could not comprehend it. You see the difference there, right? So which is it? Well, literally, in the original language, it says this. The darkness did not 
acquire or grasp or lay hold of or seize. Those are different ways to translate that word. And in fact, I would argue there's actually a really good way to translate this in English that kind of gets at both of these. It says the darkness will never get Jesus. Now think about that for a minute. The darkness will never get him. It's not going to overcome him. It's not going to seize him. But the darkness will never really understand him either. Now, by the way, uh, biblical scholars, especially you know, translators, have argued about this verse for years, which one of those it should be. I would argue the answer is both. That, that intentionally, John makes it kind of ambiguous. He's trying to make, I would argue, both points. Let's look at that in a little more detail. But first, let's talk about the darkness a little bit. What is this darkness? If the light is Jesus, what's the darkness that has not comprehended or overcome Jesus? When Isaiah chapter 8, um, it mixed in with all these prophecies about Jesus that we've been looking at uh, during these last weeks in Advent, it says this, they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. The fact is, we all have a lot of darkness in our lives, don't we? You see, here in John's Gospel and in really all of the Bible, um, darkness is a metaphor for brokenness, for sin, for struggle. So think about the different ways that we see darkness manifest itself in our lives. Things like broken relationships. Things like sickness, cancer. Things like joblessness. Things like depression. All the things that can occur in our lives that keep us from living the full and complete life that God planned for us, all these things the Bible talks about as darkness. And that darkness can be powerful in our lives, can't it? Ultimately, the ultimate expression of darkness in our lives is death itself. In John 3, he puts it this way, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. In other words, John makes the point that, that there's a certain part of us that likes the darkness because in the darkness, you can't see our faults. You can't see our failings. You can't see our struggles. I, I've, I've noticed this. Maybe you've noticed it too. This time of year, when I'm getting up and going to work, it's dark outside, right? And uh, if I'm not careful, you know, I'll end up with one blue sock and one black sock, you know. Once you get in the light, you realize, uh-oh, there was, I had a problem this morning, right? There's something about the darkness that, that is almost appealing to us because we can, we can hide our faults and our failings in the dark, and it's only in the light that those become apparent. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted uh, a bunch of Beatles albums, and uh, my parents... One year, um, I could see wrapped under the Christmas tree was an album. Now, for those of you that are younger, albums were these big black things, all right? <laughs> I guess, actually, they're coming back again now. LPs are popular again. But, uh, but that's what I wanted. I wanted a Beatles album for Christmas. And I unwrapped it, and it was this. It was Simon and Garfunkel. I'm like, Mom, I wanted a Beatles album. And she was like, you're not getting the Beatles, you know? She didn't like the Beatles, okay? But Simon and Garfunkel were okay, right? 
Uh, but a- actually, this, this did become one of my favorite albums. But, but there's an interesting song on that album, isn't there? Do you remember it? It's, it's this song called The Sounds of so- Silence. And do you remember the first line of it? Hello, darkness, my old friend, right? There's, there's something about the darkness that we like that's appealing to us. But the Christmas message is that the light has come in the darkness. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness of our lives. And what John says in our verse that we're looking at today is, is that light is powerful. First of all, it's, it's, it's so powerful that the darkness can never really understand it, can never really comprehend it. You know, you realize that, that for the past month, you know, since Thanksgiving, maybe even before Thanksgiving uh, this year, that, that we've been bombarded with Christmas carols, like pretty much everywhere you go, right? Think about it. Do you remember, do you know how many of those Christmas carols actually have a wonderful message about the birth of our Savior Jesus? And, and people have been going about their, their Christmas shopping in their daily lives, and everywhere they go, they're hearing about Jesus. But for so many of them, it's just kind of going right over their heads. I, I, I've noticed this. I love to go look at Christmas lights. And, uh, you know, like, like this house here that, um, you know, you've got all kinds of stuff out there. And I'm amazed at how many of those Christmas light displays have a manger scene in them, like this one. Can you find it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's right down over there, right next to the 30-foot Santa Claus. That's, that's where it is, right? The fact is, this time of year, people are constantly hearing the message that God sent his son Jesus into this world to be that light that would shine in their darkness, but they don't understand it. They miss it. It kind of goes right over their heads. I would argue, even for us as Christians, that that sometimes we don't really understand it either. Um, I was doing a little uh, surfing on some websites the other day. This This is not a joke. This is an actual Christian website I found that is all about helping you learn how to be a better person by judging others more effectively. I'm, I'm not kidding you. This was legit. It's like, here's where you start when you're going to confront someone about their sin. Now, now, by the way, there is a certain um, level at which we as Christians have a responsibility to people that we know to help them deal with sin in their lives, right? But, but this website, honestly, as you dug into it, was really more about the judging part than anything else, Right? See, sometimes I think we as Christians don't get the gospel either. We don't really understand what Jesus came into this world to do, and, and, uh, and, and, and we, we, we can miss the fact that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Yes, truth, but full of grace. And in fact, I, I love it. Did you notice a couple verses later? It says, from him we have received grace upon grace. Unfortunately, as Christians, all too often, we're not as gracious as we should be. And I think the reason for that is because grace is just amazing news. It's unbelievable news. It's almost too good to be true kind of news. This is an actual picture from a store the other day. Those are ties that were on sale. And if you can't read it, it says take 70% off the lowest ticketed price. And then they added plus take another 30% off. That means they're free, right? There's something too good to be true about that, right? (laughs) It's the same with this concept of grace. 
Folks, nothing else in the world works this way. You see, God's grace is all about this, that you don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to um, go to church a certain number of times before God gives you his grace. You don't have to clean up certain sins in your life before God gives you his grace. You don't, you don't have to prove to God that you're worthy of his grace before he gives you his grace. Uh, there, there's nothing you have to do to receive his grace. It is a free gift given through Jesus. Jesus came into this world to give you life, and he expects and, or demands nothing in return. Now, we get to respond to that grace. We love because he first loved us. But, but grace works like nothing else in this world. Everything else in this world, if I want something, I've got to give something to get it in return. Not God's grace. And that seems too good to be true. And that's why the world, and that's why even why we as Christians sometimes struggle to understand God's grace. But that light which gives light to everyone, was indeed coming into this world. And, and that light shines in the darkness. And not only does the darkness not understand it, but the darkness can't stop it. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. You've been in a, in a totally dark room, and all it takes is one little candle, and, and, and the whole room is full of light, right? The, the darkness just, it, it can't stop it. So I love that image that John uses about his light, Jesus' light in our lives. So here's my prayer for you on this Christmas. My prayer for you is that you would understand that the darkness in your life, it's nothing compared to Jesus. That the things that you struggle with day to day in your life, Christmas means that, that those struggles are behind you. That, that the light of God's love and grace is powerful enough to overcome any darkness in your life, any sin in your life, any pain in your life, any difficulty in your life. That's what we celebrate. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't stop it. Amen. <laughs>